It's the Tiltcast, episode 551, Diablos. And this week, guys, we talk more Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, and Inscription. Stay tuned. Oh, all of that was poorly timed. Yeah, it was. I was watching you after I cracked my can still shake it. It's an M-Ready show. Whoa. It's the Tiltcast. (laughs) Turn your camera off. Turn your camera off. Jason's naked. (laughs) I'm not naked, but God damn it, I'm... I woke I woke up at eleven o'clock and you were like, "Are we actually doing this today?" So I just have a pair of shorts on, and that's the way we're rolling this morning. <laughs> Do we all take our shirts off now? Is that how this works? You don't want to see this. <laughs> it's the shirtless cast. Oh my god! It's like three bears in a cave right here. Oh. That's the name of a podcast. <laughs> Everybody here thinks they're Burt Kreischer. <laughs> now yeah, we get a, a machine. And now we got to tell the machine story. Yes. Which I'm There's not a going movie. To. We can just direct him to the movie. Actually, I'm kind of wanting to see that. I'm going to see him like, shit, I think I see him in like a week or two. Yeah. I have to look. Burt Kreischer. Uh-huh. Yeah, because isn't he coming to River Spirit? Um, I can't remember where I'm traveling. It was either here or Oklahoma City, but I'm going to go see him. I bought tickets like three months ago. Just look up the machine on the interwebs and you'll find him. I've Uh, never seen a stand-up. I've never seen a stand-up comedian. The dude is fucking hilarious. I don't. I I feel like he laughs at his own jokes and I kind of like that. Like he gets the Google fits and it's kind of infectious, you know. (laughs) But him being like a, you know, professional comedian, you can't find a lot of his bits online. Like the stuff I have heard or just him riffing is pretty funny. But I am looking looking forward to seeing him live. Right. Woo-hoo. But yeah, well, everybody else here is trying to get Matt Rife tickets. I I'm much more looking forward to Burt Kreischer. Though Matt Rife is pretty funny sometimes, and I didn't know this. So I don't, if you don't know who he is, is, apparently he's a thirst trap for a lot of ladies. Um, but he does a lot of crowd work, and his crowd work is pretty funny. Like, he goes in there with part of an act and then just fucks with the crowd the whole time. Um, which is pretty unique because, you know, a lot of, like, a, a stand-up's routine is essentially like, you know, an album for a musician, right? Like, they've got a set that they do, and then they improve on, and then, it's, you know, it's usually an hour or something like that. Um, and then that guy's got a set, but then he's also planned to just riff on the crowd and make fun of the crowd um, the entire time, which is great as well. Kind of a, like in a different kind of way, like what Bill Burr does, right? Like Bill Burr has a set, but he also will do a lot of improv with the crowd if they start fucking with him, which is the worst person to fuck with since that guy's sharp as a tack. Right. Yeah. But the best part of the machine movie, though, bar none. Mark Hamill playing his dad. Oh, have you seen it? Yes. Is it pretty funny? It is fucking hilarious. It is a must watch. Okay. Okay. Well, I believe you. I believe you too. Um. Well, right on. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> we are like, back. It is a Sunday. Is it morning? No, it's Sunday afternoon now. 
it is Sunday it afternoon. Is officially afternoon. We dicked around for an hour and a half, and it is now afternoon. Yeah, I don't so. know what you did. I know what I was doing. Uh, I don't know. I was sit. I was sitting in here an hour ago. So you were. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's terrible. I was playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> so I've been up for a while. <laughs> I've been up for a long while. I keep forgetting I'm a fucking mutant because like You are I, a mutant. Jesus Christ. I don't sleep. Like, I wake up like no kidding every day at about six thirty. I was like, what time's an appropriate time to text everybody? I was like, I'm gonna start with eight o'clock and if they're sleeping, they probably had their phone turned off or so whatever. So I'm gonna throw nope. it out there. No response, crickets, 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 crickets. Like by that point, like I'd run into the butcher twice and Diablo. I had killed the butcher twice because now I feel like I've got him on farm. I beat him once with, I think, Rusty. Me and you beat him. Mm -hmm. And then I beat him once with the current build that I got with my Necro. And I was like, I'm tough enough to beat the butcher now. I'm going to stop running from him. So, and then this morning, he just kept popping up in the nightmare dungeons I was doing. And I just kept whipping his ass. So now I feel like I'm strong enough to beat the butcher and pretty much everything that the game throws at me. Um, I guess we can start with Diablo because, like, we've all been playing a little bit of that. We've all had busy lives the last little bit, right? Like, I feel like I've got like seven thousand things to do this weekend, and I had like pictures and all sorts of shit to edit this last week. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't had a lot of time except for the fact that I don't sleep to 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 game. So, and it's funny because I was listening to. So I even listened to the last two episodes of the show just to kind of get a starting point of like. What we were talking about before this morning, before we did the show. What were um, we talking about last? <laughs> well, last week, uh, two weeks ago, I was level, no, a week ago, I was level 52 with my Necro. Mm. And we skipped, we skipped last week, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I posted them separately, right? So two weeks ago, I was level 52. Now I'm level 64. So like, that's how little time I've had with Diablo, but you know, we've, we've played some final fantasy as well, which we'll talk about here mm -hmm. in a little bit as well. Right. Um, and so it took me that long to get 12 levels, like about a level a day is about the amount of time I was getting in. If that right. And levels like after 50 go pretty slow. So, um, but I've got unless a, you'd, unless, unless you're, you're what? Doing well, yeah. Well, and I've been clearing up side quests and trying to clear out all the, what do they call them, a raid when you have like the area that's like two levels higher than you that's in the middle of a little continent. Uh, stronghold. Strongholds. Yeah, I've been trying to clear out strongholds. Um, And I played with an overpower build. Like this is the thing I like about this game is there's just so much build diversity between different types of characters, right? Like my Necro just, I've, this is probably like my sixth or seventh build. But, like, I was doing this weird overpower blood build where I'd shoot, like, blood lances at things and then, like, it would overpower and just, like, insta-gib things, like, pretty quickly. Um, I had a little bit of essence issues, though, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try a different build. So, tried to blight build again with a bunch of minions, and I liked it okay, but it was kind of boring. It was super tough. Like, I could clear anything. It just took a little while sometimes. But the minion builds, not always my thing. They sometimes are. And then... I was like, I'm going to try this melee necromancer build because I want to play the controller. And playing with the controller with Diablo and melee works really well. So I've got a guy got a guy now that swings his scythe out to get energy, right, or essence or whatever, and then does something called sever, which makes them vulnerable on crits like a motherfucker. And then I blow up corpses and turn them into little, like, gas clouds. 
all over the place while pulling shit in with tendrils from corpses as well. Um, and it's also super tanky. Like it uses a curse to like further weaken things and it gets some stupid crits, but I get stupid crits all around me all the time. And it does not struggle with mana management or with like I barely ever use a potion. Like I do like that again where I'm just hard to kill. And like literally every butcher kill like is me just face tanking him. I just don't even fucking care. Like I'm weakening him. I can't stun him, but I'm weakening him. I'm sitting there generating blood orbs all around me, like fucking making him vulnerable. And I can kill him in like 10 seconds. Like it's, he's just no challenge anymore. Um, and then the Good. same thing for most of the fights, like unless they throw up like 10 elites, like even if they do that, I know that I can like pull everything with corpse tendrils and then like hit everything with vulnerable and just like annihilate everything around me. Like this new build is not quite as I don't it's not as spiky on the damage as my other build. And I'm not getting the same high number of crits. I just get crits all the time, all over the place, very consistently. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's a massive build. It's the Reaper build is what it's called, but there's a lot of variants on it. But I like it. I like it a lot. And like me and uh nobody was free the other night. I had some a moment to play. And I was like, I haven't tried these nightmare dungeons out. And then my buddy TJ is also a necro, and he's a uh, he's doing a blood build because um, he really likes the blood build. And you know, like me, he's a tinkerer, and very close to the same level. We're like two levels apart. He's like, we should do nightmare dungeons. It's like, all right. So he started off with a nightmare level one. I was like, that was too easy. Let's crank it up. So he had found a nightmare level three. So he did the level three. And I was like, ah, that's too easy. We just fucking blitz that. Let's let's go <laughs> up. So he did a level six. Blitzed it. Went to level nine. Blitzed it with some challenge. And then we went to level 12. And I was like, yeah, that's about the right tune for both of us. Like, we're having a little bit of t difficulty, but we're still going through it. But I still haven't gotten to, like, a wall where I can't complete it. It's just you only get the nightmare sigils from doing nightmare dungeons while you're in the dungeon. So if you're in a dungeon, you have a chance to get one that's, like, a level or two higher. Um, to get it to drop. And then we figured out how to do sigil crafting so that you could get additional nightmare dungeons. And that's how we jumped it up like way higher to like level 12 is we found one that, you know, we made one that was like level 12. And then now it's spitting out like 12s and 16s. So like me and him got into a pretty good rotation. I think we cleared like 15 dungeons inside of like two or three hours. Um, mm. But between me and his necro, like we didn't I think we died once. There was one little bit of like high spike damage that cut me off guard and he had to res me. But like you get 12 revives. So. So. And it drops good shit. Is dumb. And it drops good shit. And then on your Paragon board, it lets you level up the sigil, the little uh, glyphs. So the Nightmare Dungeons let you level up your glyphs that you put into sockets in your Paragon board. Oh, which, is nice. which is super important. So you got to do the Nightmare Dungeons really to progress to get your power level higher, basically. So when the Nightmare Dungeons have all sorts of crazy variants, right? Like there might, to give you an example, like there's this one where there's this like bubble that follows you and then every so often, like you get a lightning strike that knocks you down for half your health. And so you got to like pop back into the invincibility bubble every time you see it's about to strike. There was one where I had this like rock follow me around that like does devastating damage um, to everything. And it just periodically hits. So like you can see it's about to pop. So then you back out of the area the blast wave there was one we were doing that had these big like blood pustules that would pop every time you killed an enemy and you have to kill them otherwise it knocks like 90 percent of your health out and it 
it has a chance to spawn with every enemy you kill. So like you you kind of do double work. Um, and that one was actually pretty challenging because if you don't pop it, like there's a high chance somebody's going to die. Um, and they hit like a fucking truck. But yeah, like the, uh, um, the different variants of stuff, right, is pretty unique and I like it a lot. Um, it really forces you to think about what potion you're going to take with you because it'll tell you on this on the deal like there's going to be extra lightning damage or shadow damage or all enemies are going to overpower um, every fifth hit or something crazy like that, right? So you're always got some kind of interesting variant like this is how they've built in the longevity of the game is stuff like this because, again, the dungeons are a random roll with a random variant for that roll for that nightmare dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know when I'm going to ever put this game down. This is a good game. <laughs> I really like Diablo 4. I think I like Diablo 4 better than I've liked anything all, all year. No no well, joke. It, right now, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's best game of the year, but I've not been playing Final Fantasy, so... I have some things to say about Final Fantasy because I've been putting a little bit of more time into that. Yeah, but, we'll get this in I mean, a second. Like, don't. The only thing I got to do this week was finally finish Act 3 and get my mount, and then I've not had time to play since, so. Uh, well, the nice thing to you sent is once you get past the story and you're in a spot where you want to start doing these Nightmare Dungeons, like, the level scales from... Well, no, I think the level scales based on the difference of the... I don't know. Because me and TJ were doing a Nightmare Dungeon with the enemies were, like, five levels higher than me, I think, by level 12. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, long story short, though, like there's plenty of those sigils, and I don't mind doing them because it's all progress for my shit, and it all scales to my difficulty level two. So whenever you're in a position to do that shit, like I'll have characters for that, and so will Rusty. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is good stuff. But the- uh, I've, I've, I've been really enjoying the rogue. Uh, you know the, uh, I'm firmly in the uh the rogue camp now i hated it at first but i was doing ranged that was the uh that was the problem that's the the biggest issue i had with it is i was pigeonholed into ranged and i'm like ah, i do this melee build and as soon as i got that 360 free, uh, flurry oh man it's 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 just awesome but i i really haven't had a whole lot of time to play i like playing that was you know with people now um you know rocking around doing the the hell tides with you uh you know justin was uh it's it's fun because it's like hey i've got a thing for i can do for an hour and i get a decent amount of loot out of it so boom or at least good materials yeah or good materials so i you know and there's a decent amount of enemies like i've seen some uh some stuff where they're going to actually increase the amount of enemies, which I think needs. Um, there's odd, like, well, like areas that just doesn't too, have enemies. Well, that and, like, Nightmare doesn't feel powerful enough, but, like, dangerous enough for me yet. You know what I mean? Well, you also, you know, the thing is, there's got to be a natural ramp up to, uh, uh, to, you know, to, like, the Nightmare stuff. You have to think. Not everybody is looking at guides uh, and uh, and trying to figure out exactly how to uh, how to make a build. So most of the people that are going to step into their first nightmare dungeon that 
may never have played a Diablo game or an action uh, RPG is just going with like a half-baked build that they, you know, is like, oh, this is cool. Let me try this one or this one, you know, you know, this just happens to be like, uh, it, it just didn't, it, it may work for them or, you know, going through the story, but they, they need to have something a little more focused. Whereas we're either using internet builds or, uh, or we're, you know, we're working out a uh, a good synergy, right? Well, it's like I did a world boss yesterday, and I was the only person that didn't die. <laughs> I was also yeah. a person, like, moving out of shit. But even if I got hit by something pretty big, like, my character was just like, yeah, whatever. I used, like, one health Blood orbs all over the place to heal you. Well, blood orbs, and then I'm always stacked, like, every time I do the... Uh, curse on with my character i get health back based on my attack and then i've got a synergy on my gear that like basic melee attacks like fortify me so like mm. i'm always got armor of some sort he's tanky as fuck right well my rogue doesn't have that so <laughs> and i got i have four based on flurry and i have it. i have no escape and i have four dodges but i also have the whatever that perk is where you become invulnerable for like four seconds if you become stunned so right. Like, I also have that perk to where I won't, like, just get annihilated if something stunned me. And I'm pretty bad about evading, like, the weird Medusa eye or whatever they are. The the eye that freezes you or, like, mm -hmm. the big, like, uh, freezing damage or whatever. Sometimes I'm really bad about avoiding that shit and I get frozen. My character just shrugs it off. Like, it's very rare for that character to die. And it's usually, oh. like, I'm, like, looking at something off to the side while I'm just, like, going through my combos. <laughs> Well, it's well, like, okay. oh yeah, I gotta pay attention again. It's my my rogue has twelve potions because I've got a pair of pants that gives me three extra potions. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> um I have uh, four dodges and uh, two uh, uh, shadow steps, and and uh, the that's, all it's the just, escapes. Yeah, I've got all the escapes. So. I can sit, and every time I use one of the escapes, every time I dodge or shadow step, I leave uh, stun grenades all over the place. So, so things are literally just stuck in place all the time. Yeah, everybody's just stuck in place all the time. It's great. Uh, and every time I drop a uh, a poison trap, every uh, everybody falls over. So you know, I I just uh, do or I I tank through avoidance of damage. That's why I was able to kill the butcher because every time he went, raised his axe to swing, I just bounced behind him. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's Diablo's been uh, a, a source of enjoyment for uh, for a while. It's it's uh, it looks like it's going to be fun. I can't wait for the uh, uh, for seasons to come out because. Uh, uh, there's going to be yet another thing to actually kind of work towards. I mean, I'm not a big fan of like season passes and like this, uh, you know, how much FOMO that actually brings into things. I, I, I hate that particular uh, piece of it, but it also gives you something extra to work towards. I don't uh, mind. It'll and, give me a, like another, I'll do a seasonal character and I'll probably try something I haven't done before. You know, like I might try mm -hmm. Rogue then. Um, well, I'll probably try Necro. Yeah. Or, the, the or thing actually I've liked give about Druid a try or something, or maybe Barbarian. 
The thing I've liked about it so far, one of the big things is I've got a lot of Diabros, right? I've mm -hmm. got people to play with that want to play, and it's easy to drop in and drop out without the level gating. Like I said, like Jason can jump into my game at whatever point. Same with John. Who don't both don't have as much time to game because they have actual adult responsibilities, unlike me and you, um, who sort of have adult responsibilities. Um, I are adult. <laughs> I I are sort of adult. Um, you know, right? I understand. Jason's. I'm I'm, I'm an uh, sort. Sort of adult is the space I try to live in, and unfortunately, the adult part continually takes over. No, right. you you well, you are you are adult. Me and yeah. me and Rusty are basically giant children, <laughs> and I'll own it. Yes, I do too. I am, a, I am a I am a big man child. That's fine. <laughs> Huge man child, like. There are times like yesterday, I was like, to, to talk about being a man child, I was like, I got a lot of flies in the house because, you know, every time you open the door, they're flying in. So I spent 30 minutes with my fly gun, like shooting flies and having a great time killing flies <laughs> in my fly gun. I was like, I'm not an adult at all. No. I'm over here no. shooting flies with salt. Whatever. So it, whenever you go over to his place, it's like, there's these random bits of salt all over the place oh there's salt all over my house like no <laughs> no ghosts are getting in here i have salted all the entryways unintentionally with with fly salt no no <laughs> i i haven't done anything in the in the last uh i'd say 24 hours that would be considered uh adulting which is grand oh my god it's great um I got to take a nap for the first time in a while. I got to take a nap. <laughs> hey, these these are these are very very big adult goals. Like you just feel like you should take a nap, Jason. If I was to say, "Hey, you can take a nap sometime today." What would you feel like? That is the most adult dad thing to do. <laughs> just pass out. Kids yep. screaming in the background, just like kick back in your chair, passed smooth out. Oh, speaking of passing out, um, I just started The Witcher. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. No, I was just thinking, I was like, when was the last time I just like kicked back on my couch? And I was thinking, it's like, oh yeah, like yesterday morning I was waking up and it's like, oh yeah, The Witcher's out. My dog's still sleepy. So my dog comes up, cuddles up next to me. And like, she does this thing, like a little human child, she lays on her back kind of in my lap to get scratches right she yawns and she's just hanging out it's like oh she's really cute i'm gonna watch the witcher and that starts off pretty strong oh you know lots of blood right from the get-go and i was like oh this is this is pretty cathartic i want to watch more of this <clears throat> but yeah witcher the final season with cavill is out right now and uh again an episode and a half in because i tried to watch it last night while i was pretty uh kind of drunk not going to yeah. lie. Kind of drunk. And I was like, I need to get kind of tired. I got too tired to watch it anymore. You know, then woke up again at 630 this morning. Because I'm a uh, yeah. Probably yeah. have sleep apnea or something. Who knows? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, no, it's that is uh, that's that so is a like, symptom of uh, of other things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you, like 
I was up till three o'clock last night. I was playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, um, let's talk about Final and, Fantasy. Huh? Let's talk about Final Fantasy. Fucking Final Fantasy is fucking great. Um, let's see. So, so this <laughs> is of course not Final Fantasy fourteen, but Final Fantasy sixteen to come out on the uh, PS five uh, not long ago. It's a very uh, different game than other Final Fantasies. It is very different. It's uh, it is, um, in in a, in a way, it's very linear. Oh, um, it's extremely linear. So it's so it's not quite as open as your uh, as your typical Final Fantasies, and of course, coming from Final Fantasy fourteen, which basically drops you into a world and says go. Um, uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, 15 was a very similar drop you into a world and says that's a kind of a direction that you should go but there's a lot of like space for you to fuck around in Wait, and which a one lot was of the one with empty. the car yeah the one with the car <laughs> yeah i, I still um, i have never even gotten past the first continent on that game really oh well, I've, I've beaten that game twice um maybe i need to play it again and no uh, <laughs> Noctis is not the uh, not the best uh, protagonist. I can't relate with him. Like that's the problem. He's, he's an emo boy. That's what it, what he's it just, is. He's, he's a he's spoiled just emo like... kid that's like never been out in the real world, and I just resent him. Well, and I don't right. I don't like him as a character. And then he's got his minions that want to do everything for him, but he's just he's such a spoiled brat. Like I just don't like him. And then you get this game and this guy is like instantly relatable. Like even you, right. you play as a kid, he's got a little bit of anime face and then you get him into like, you only play him as a kid for a little bit. And then you kind of get him into this like late twenties, maybe early thirties. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's, it just, everything, all the situations just feel way more adult. Like they're right. like, oh it's yeah, grittier. final like Final Fantasy fans are now in their thirties and forties. Oh. So like yeah. Yoshi P's like, I need to make something a little bit more Game of Thrones. And he did. Mm-hmm. And uh it's not like aggressively offensive, but like there's a lot of really dark shit. Like there's a part where somebody's getting their face pounded into oblivion and it just keeps going. It's kind of like that scene where what's the Who's the where the mountain just smashes that one guy's face like into oh, oblivion? Yeah. It feels like it's, it's calling back to that moment. It's just almost uncomfortable how much he's just pounding this guy's face in, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a scene that's very reminiscent of that. I don't think it's the face, but just where you, this guy's just getting pounded to shit, and there's blood going mm -hmm. all over the place. And I was like, this is borderline uncomfortable. Like he really went gritty with this, and right. like you know, it's there's a few fucks here and there, which was weird to hear in a Final Fantasy game, right? I, um, but like it's tasteful fucks, if that makes sense. Like it's appropriate level of fuck. <laughs> like yes. it's it's like you know, like somebody would talk, not just the fuckity fuck fuck. You know that you get in some games where it's just it, like it's trying too hard, mm -hmm. and the gore is fairly tasteful. I almost wish there was a little bit more gore during the regular fights, but there's like the gore is in the cutscenes, um, more than it is in the fights. But the, the sword play is fun. I, I like the sword play. And after I've like unlocked a couple of things, because it's a little button mashy at the beginning, I'm getting mm -hmm. into the rhythm of the combos and I'm liking the story. Like I'm not skipping anything. Like that's kind of weird for me with the Final Fantasy game. I'm not skipping anything. I'm just letting it go. And I like it. It's an enjoyable story. That's the thing. That's it's not like. So this would be I would consider this. 
the most grounded Final Fantasy of the Final Fantasies that I've seen so far, because a lot of it is like military movements going here. And, you know, this, you know, it has to do with like a, you know, subjugated class and, you know, an over encompassing empire and like, you know, multiple different empires kind of going against each other. And the role that, you know, all of these political plays happen, you know, have on the world. Um, the world building's fairly well done. Uh, the explanations of all these things are available to you pretty much at any time. Yeah, you can um, just hit that middle pad and it'll kind of show you, like, important key things to remember about what you're watching. Mm -hmm. It'll tie it all together. It's giving you, like, little, it's like almost like footnotes. You'll have, like, a selection of three different things. It'll say... This is something about the location. Here's something about the characters that are playing out in these scenes. Here's a little bit of background lore, like especially, which I think is important when you come back to a game. It's like it's kind of like watching a TV show. And, you know, nowadays they have the recap at the beginning of a lot of shows when you haven't been mm -hmm. there in a while. It almost feels like a video games version of that, where it's like you can pause it for a second, look through everything that's going on, and it kind of jogs your memory. It's a little like paragraph or two about each scenario to help tie everything back together for you. And I think that's important for somebody like me. It's got a lot of ADD. Like that little snippet is a really interesting way of like kind of bringing you back into where the story is. And it's a very story centric game, which I don't always enjoy, but do enjoy this time around. Yeah, it's I was wondering how you felt about about it, because it was very uh, fairly story heavy. You I mean, the action parts and the parts where you actually get to play, uh, those are enjoyable, like some of the uh, some of the fights. Those are legit, like, oh, this is fucking cool. Like, oh, this yeah, is a these, great anime scene, right? This these is boss, fucking awesome. The boss fights are very anime in a very, it's like a cross between something high fantasy and George R.R. R. Martin, you know? Like, there's mm -hmm. some low fantasy mixed with some high fantasy there. But they are epic as shit. Like, yeah, they are very epic. I really enjoy, I know there's a little bit of that God of War mash button to do thing uh, occasionally. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but you still have to work your way to that point. So you're fighting, 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 and then it'll be like cinematic break where your character essentially does a couple of cool things and then you got to go back to fighting. Um, and you have to, you know, I don't fail them very often because they're actually pretty easy to hit. But there's sometimes where like there was a fight I was doing and I didn't realize I needed to be shooting the character, not the big mass of energy where I just got wiped out. And then, then like the world ended or something. But like, <laughs> like the. Right. But. There's some pretty tense moments in the boss fights, and they feel really good. Um, and then, like, there's a good upgrade path for your stuff. Like, basically, after every time you beat a story beat, there's some new gear for you to buy and some new upgrades for you to do. And if you've just wandered off the path a little bit, you usually have all the materials you need to put your stuff at the highest level possible so you can go back to playing the game again. Uh, the, the one gripe I would have is the side quests seem really funny in that, yeah, go gather wood from, like, shed that's four feet away and then come back and now you get material i know that you're like a dude that's got all this massive power and are very very powerful but will you go gather some wood for me like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is a little bit goofy but it it's just peppered or, in or, or deliver a uh a dinner plate yeah the dinner plate but like the dinner plate one at least they're giving you a little bit of story about the people that are in that area right um and i think that's what that is it's just a vehicle for additional side story Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff is, like, super menial. Again, this is nitpicking on some of the goofier aspects of the game. But I still want to ride a Chocobo because the Chocobos actually look really cool. 
The few times the chocobos have died, it's actually made me kind of sad. Yes. Um, because there's been some really intense chocobo deaths so far. <laughs> yes. I was really fucking, I was like, that's one of the things that you, uh, that, you know, caught me off guard is like, there is some pretty wicked death scenes in, you know, uh, in a final fantasy. Normally it's like, Oh, slash. And then they just kind of fall over and, Oh my God, this guy died. It's very oh, like PG. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is a hard this is something R. different, you know? It's a very <laughs> the, hard R in parts. Yes. <laughs> there hasn't been, I, so so far, I think I'm about eight hours in, like, so far there hasn't been any, like, sex scenes, but there's been some very seductive scenes, which, right. again, like, they're trying to tell the story and tell the relationship between different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a weird foreign concept for a Final Fantasy game, right? It's usually, like, very... Uh, Take girl to go get ice cream um, for your relationship building in in earlier entries in the series, you know, right? Um, or That's... or follow girl around like a simp and protect her at all costs and get nothing in return, which is usually a trope of Final Fantasy. Mm. Right, right. Not not much. Not 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 so here. Not as much. Um, I think this is. Uh, I think this is uh, uh, Final Fantasy actually growing up. And like you said before, I mean, realizing that the you know the majority of uh, Final Fantasy players that's grown up with the series are now well into their adult years, uh, and you know if they're still enjoying these games, they're going to need something that they can relate to. And this, you know, being oh, a yeah. a grittier attack of uh, you know grittier, more down to earth style. I mean, in places like well and then you've got like yeah, the same final fantasy in it but yeah what's the name of that character in diablo is it lorath the voice actor uh, with the really low voice oh yes uh uh yeah um i think uh something it's, like that yes. yeah he's he's also sid and because all final fantasies have to have a sid right or, yes. or sid Dolphus. um that voice actor is incredible not just the fact that he can hit such a like a baritone timbre but he's a good at he's a good voice actor and he's also a central role in this game, too. And, like, he's a very relatable character, right? Like, with very, like, his intentions behind everything aren't just pure white and dark, right? Like, there's a lot of gray there. And there's a lot of, like, subplot that goes into that character. But the the voice, the, the delivery and acting of all of the characters so far, and the what's the main protagonist's name? I can't remember. Uh, Clive? Clive. Like, Clive is actually fairly likable, and he's not perfect, and it's not just pure black and white. Like, it's there's a lot of nuance to that character, and I like the character. That's the thing I'm saying about a Final Fantasy game. Like, liking the main character is kind of something that doesn't happen since I was a child, right? Like, I could relate to Squall when I was a teenager, because I was a teenager. Can't right. relate to Squall now as a 40-year-old man. There's just, he's just goofy and really moody and really immature and and bo- he's a boring character to me whereas clive is not a boring character to me like at all like i can see parts of myself in clive and that's something i couldn't say for most of the final fantasy protagonists and he still has a little bit of spiky hair but um you know like he's a, the the maturity level of the character the main character is a lot higher than what i'm used to in a final fantasy game and that goes back to what I'm saying. Like, this game was meant for OG Final Fantasy fans, right? Um, 
It's a it's a good game. I you know I obviously haven't beat it beaten it, and a lot of people are saying it doesn't get really good till you're 20 hours in. Well, so far like eight hours in, I'm having a blast. So if it gets better than this, then like it's it's got some it's got its hooks in me. Even though I wanted a turn based Final Fantasy, I don't even hate this a little bit. Like it's pretty good, and I got it on disc. So Jason, if you eventually ever get a PS5, there's a game that you can borrow and play. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like I'm. I'm not even quite sure if uh, I can even get time away to do things. Uh, but yeah, I was I was looking at I was, I was looking at the voice actor just because you know for some reason he just broke out that particular accent you know and the way that he delivers. Well, you know, just it just happened that Diablo and Final Fantasy released within a month of each other. So mm-hmm. he ended up being in the two top games that have come out. Like it's, I think one of the best selling exclusives for fi- for PS Five in a very very long time. And of course, Diablo has just taken the world by storm. Mm-hmm. Right. So his name is uh, Ralph uh, Ineson. Uh, yeah. So or he's he's an English you know actor and uh, narrator, and he's been in a lot of shit that we've probably seen before. <laughs> We just didn't recognize him. Um, but the ones that I thought I had heard this voice before, and I was right. He was He's uh, voices uh, Kevdak in uh, Legend of Vox Machina, uh, oh. which is um, uh, fucking, what's his name's uh, uncle? The, he's, a, he's a fucking barbarian. Big guy. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, he also uh, had voiced something back in uh, Assassin's Creed uh, for Black Flag. Uh, he was uh, Charles Vane in that game. I think he's just kind of standing out a little bit more right now, because, like I said, because he's in the two biggest games to release this year. Right, right, right. Well, that was also 10 years ago, so <laughs> there's a thing there. Um, but yeah, he uh, he kind of blew up. <laughs> he became... Uh, he became very in, uh, uh, internet famous very quickly because the two big games of the year has his voice in it. So, and he's definitely the standout voice actor. Like the first oh, time yeah. I heard the uh, voice actor for Lorath, I was like, "Wow, they really up their game." Hmm. Oh yeah. Like this guy's this guy's really good. That that and I think that the the lines that they give both of the characters are super fucking relatable. Like, you know, Lorath is like. You know, a down in the dumps, washed up fucking Haradrim, right? And it's like, yeah, this is kind of the last ditched effort to, you know, to, uh, you know, to to save this godforsaken world. So here, I don't mind if I share a uh, uh, a moment, you know, the last few moments of this fucking world with you, right? Here, this is the, you know. You're probably the only fucking you know person that will ever listen to me uh, bitch about this kind of stuff. Oh, you happen to be powerful enough to kill a god. Great, awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, then of course, there's Sid. That's just like you know what, uh, just you know, I'm just trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, so. it's a it's an excellent game, and mm-hmm. I'll be plugging. It's you know, like I was telling Jason, like the Steam sales going on right now. And I don't want to put anything in my library before I beat some things. 
although I may pick one or two things up during the sale, like there's just nothing that's going to touch Diablo or Final Fantasy right now. And it's a good feeling. Like we've had a pretty dry year mm-hmm. um, with stuff coming out. And I can't even remember what we were playing before, to be honest with you. Like um, that's just how much, how much I like this game so far. <laughs> I can't. Re- well, I can tell you that I was playing like um, uh, Ratchet and Clank, I think, and uh, uh, let's see. I know I was kind of like bouncing around between fucking games. Honestly, it was not. I wasn't getting into anything, really. Um, I can tell you that I played something completely fucking different off the wall that I've been meaning to play, uh, and got super sucked into it. Uh, it was last weekend. Uh, I got super sucked into it. Uh, I played a game called Inscription. Uh, you I feel may like I've have heard of that. Uh, yeah, uh, you may remember it. It's it's it was the uh, Devolver Digital card battler. Oh um, yeah, I I haven't finished that. You have not finished it, but you started it. Yeah, it's a really interesting game because it continues to change. Yes, it does continue to change. Well, I. I uh, I got super freaking sucked uh, sucked into it. Devolver Digital takes a thing, and um, this is kind of the, this is kind of the thing you know with Devolver Digital is it, it takes your expectations and flips it on its head. Um, when you walk into this game, you're just like, I don't know what the fuck to think about this game right now, and they kind of play off of that for uh for a while. Like the, you you're constantly going, what the fuck. At uh, at pivotal points, it's just it's like, well, it's why it's is a, this card talking to me? It's a card <laughs> battler, but then every time you get through the run, like there's something new to unlock in the room that you're trapped in, mm-hmm. and that continues and you, to change. And you keep and then getting, it turns into a different game altogether, right? Uh, and then you start to un, you know understand what's going on with the cards and what's going on what why those cards are the way that they are and who you know what what's going on behind all all, all of it then there's the the whole uh it's real been... world element to it as well so i won't go i won't spoil it uh, spoil anything to it but it's it's very did you get it, to it the tries six... to did you uh, get play to the... on multiple different levels did you get i'll just say this it would be a super minor spoiler but did you get to the 16 bit part of the game yeah, I well, I beat it. Oh, you I beat, beat it? The game. Yeah. <laughs> I may ask you offline how to get past a certain part. I'm stuck on one of the puzzles, which is why I haven't progressed. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Because well, there's I'll, a lot I'll, of puzzles uh... that are in the game that kind of rely on you to do certain things to progress. There's like a huge meta. The meta progression is the game. The card battler is part of the game, but the meta progression is really where it's at. Right. So it's, it's worth playing. If you like something that kind of like has you scratching your head or if you like uh uh found footage you know mysteries the this would be definitely right up your alley yeah because there's a whole thing about this guy going out into the woods and getting stuck in this cabin and that's the, the start of the game right um it's pretty cool i it's there's nothing else like it yeah it's it, it was it was enough to suck me in for an entire freaking you know weekend i think the game was maybe like 15 20 minutes uh, 20 hours long but uh, I I continually failed at certain spots, uh, so I had to replay some of the uh, some parts of the game over again a couple times. Um, As an aside, I was looking through what we'd played this year, just looking at through our episode notes. 
Mm-hmm. And the uh, the last game that we had any big hype about was Atomic Heart. And then we thought Redfall might be cool, and then that ended up being trash. And then me and mm-hmm. Jason started playing Jedi Survivor, and it just will not run for shit on any system at all right now. Still? Oh, yeah, they haven't done a big patch on it in a while. They said there was a, like every now and then, because I left it installed because it's like 120 gigs or 180 gigs or something stupid. Um, Like they'll say, you know, oh yeah, we did a patch and I'll go in there and play it and then crash in the same spot or get past the little spot and crash again almost immediately when I hit open world. So like I've heard you're supposed to turn off ray tracing. I tried that and it's still rubber bands all over the place for the performance where like my GPU usage is sitting at like 40%. My CPU usage is sitting at like 13%, like, and it's still just yo-yoing all over the place. Mm. Um, it also uses FSR. I kind of wish it would use DLSS or something. I don't know. Like it's just, it's very poorly optimized for PC. Maybe by the end of the summer, I'll have something to play. Because I I really want to play that game. Because what I have played is pretty cool. It's just the performance is dog shit. Mm. That sucks. Yeah, it's I was been, thinking maybe it's been sitting on up for yeah. Me and Jason have had it sitting on our hard drives now for two months. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna pick it up for uh, for PC, but I decided against it. I'm kind of glad I did. So <clears throat> apparently, there are plenty of people who've like brute forced their way through it, but. That's not how I want to experience that game. I'd like to at least have a stable 60. Yep. And both well, me and I you have of... the hardware to have a stable 60 very easily. Ooh. Anywho, do we want to take a break? Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I just, you know, kind of came up against, you know, I saw something pop up on my feed and I was just, uh, kind of sucked right into it. So yeah, let's go ahead and take a break so I can take a look at this. All right, we'll be back. All right. And we're back. Woohoo. I don't sound like Sadolphus, but you know, here we are, and we're back. And we're no. back. I can't. I My can't God. go that low. He's like Please a whole don't. octave. He's like a whole octave lower than Jason. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, something like that. Um, something that I thought was really neat. So I was bitching and moaning. I was just listen. I was listening to both the episodes before we did this, just kind of getting an idea of where we're at. Mm. Um, Baldur's Gate, right? Baldur's Gate was one of the games I was just like, man, I really want to play this, but it was going to be released at the same time as Starfield. And there's this whole thing that the Sony fanboys are really upset because, you know, nothing's releasing for them that's big, right? So Baldur's Gate is going to end up releasing on PS5 and PC. Um, Well, it'll release on PC now on August 3rd, a full month ahead of Starfield, and on PS5 the same week as Starfield. So one week before, it'll be on August 31st for both PS, PC and PS5, but now it's August 3rd, PC first, um, and then PS5 a, a, a month later, which I think is amazing because there's apparently a lot of game that's going to be coming out with Baldur's Gate. I've already tried this. It is a turn-based game, very much kind of like Divinity Original Sin um, mm-hmm. with D&D 5 rules, but they're saying there's 174 hours of cinematics in this game. Of cinematic? Just the cinematics. 
Oh my god. Just the cinematics. Oh my god, that there means was... the game's like 300 hours. Right. Which is why I'm going to need the entirety of August to play it before Starfield comes out. There's no fucking way, man. There's no I, way. Maybe. Look, I'm a normal person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a big man child with as much you know as much free time as a man child could have, and I still don't think I can pump three hundred hours into a fucking game. I watch like all month. the reviewers are like uh, four out of five. It was really long. We got we got twelve <laughs> hours in. And this was the rating we decided after twelve hours because right, you know exactly. these these like, major okay, reviewers well. can only like commit to forty hours a week total for a game, and they're not going to get a pre release copy. If they're smart, what they'll do is they'll play early access all the way through the first chapter. And get to that stopping point before they start. The thing that I worry about is in doing that, you miss out on some great opening cinematics or things that they do as like final polish passes for the for the game before mm-hmm. you get in. Just why right. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm going to play this at release. Like I, like I said, I've played the intro. I borrowed it from my friend to just give it a shot, and I was like, "Yep, I really like I really like this game. I'm gonna wait." And it's finally coming out in a month. Um, Baldur's Gate looks delicious. I'm, I, I'm trembling in fear for all of my free time. Uh, <laughs> I am too. But at least it'll give me something, to, you know, something to play. Like that was the biggest problem that we had at the beginning of this year. Is like, what the fuck do we play? Now we're starting to get into, oh shit, games are coming out. Um, we're we're heading into the last portion of the uh, uh of the summer slump and now the now the releases start kicking in well it's not really a slumber, summer slump like typically there is a summer slump and like everything's releasing right now like well, it's just everything sp- had been pushed back for so, so long. many times this was supposed to come out in in fall last year or spring last year <laughs> all of these things have been all of these uh, games that we've had you know uh, pushed out so far, like freaking Starfield. We should have already had that game and beat it by now. Um, well, and but then, it's been pushed almost an entire year out. Well, and there's like a game that I want to try called Gord that comes out on August 8th, but I know it would be like balls deep into Baldur's Gate, which is a game that's kind of like dark fantasy, like The Witcher meets Sims with turn based RPG mechanics and. Just check it out. It's on. I think there's a demo out on Steam right now. But it's a weird, like Sims meets Witcher type game, the that I've had my eye on for quite a while. Um, but that comes out in a month as well. Just I know I'm not going to have any time to dick with it. You know what I mean? Um, it's just mm. kind of like I've been wanting to play Dark Tide for a while, but I just haven't had time to play it with everything else that I got going right now. I'm finally in a place where I have more game than I know what to do with, which is isn't a place I've been for a while. It's nice. It's a, it it is nice, but it's also can be fucking overwhelming, especially if some of the biggest games and, you know, you know, biggest games of the year are coming out, you know, one right after another. Like, well, I like, still kind of want to get my hands on Armored Core because it's been fucking years and years since I've played an Armored Core game. And that comes out in August how, as well, right? Huh? That's coming out in August 25th. Fucking Christ. I know, right? So, like, on top of all of this shit, there's more. There's, there's even more. Well, to add fuel to this fire if you've never played oxen free um is a very stranger things style game i didn't play it long enough and then i was talking to john and he was like yeah it's very stranger things you need to finish it it's like five hours so i'm probably going to because i think it's on game pass but oxen free 2 comes out on july 12th um 
Then you've got, this is one that I'm really excited for, Xenonauts 2 coming out on July 18th, um, as well as Jagged Alliance 3 coming out on July 18th. Um, and I th Punch Club 2 is coming out, which I don't know when I'm going to play that, but I like Punch Club 1 quite a bit. And Remnant 2 is... is oh, Remnant that... comes out this month too. Fuck! When does Remnant come out? Remnant 2 comes out... That's uh, like the... July 25th. God dang it. That's, I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> and that's going to be a decent game to play, you know, you know, together too, because... I have to make um, some more progress in Diablo over the next couple of weeks, like hardcore, so I can play some what? Remnant with you. Right? So uh, I want to play that game too, because... we got to beat Final uh, Fantasy, the... and that's also a long game. Yeah. Well, I'm really working towards, you know, trying to beat Final Fantasy. Um, I'm ping-ponging you know, between both, like... I really like Diablo. I really like Final Fantasy. Well, fucking Diablo's season comes out in the middle of all this shit, too. So... <sighs> so this is the best kind of problem to have, honestly. Right. Exactly. So if you're if you're looking for game, we just, like, rattled off a few of them that's going to take up some of your time. They're all coming out in the same uh, same time period. Yeah, if you so, never played Xenonauts, think XCOM, like old XCOM prior to, like, all the modern releases. So with... Uh, 2K. Mm. They're good. They're really hard. Xenonauts is just like that. It's an old school old school uh, XCOM game, basically. And Xenonauts 2 comes out. I know this seems stupid, but the original is an isometric, like, sprite-based game, essentially. Um, this is all 3D modeled, fully rendered. You can ro rotate the camera, and that seems crazy, right? Camera rotation. But mm. there's a, a whole lot of additional elements that have been kind of dialed in with this game. I've been watching people do playthroughs of like the betas and shit like that. Comes up on my like Facebook feed like every day, wishlist Xenodots 2. And I was like, I wishlisted that like four years ago. Like, calm down here, Ed. Like, I, I know what this game is. I've been looking forward to it. But they finally tagged a release date on it that's not early access. It's just release on uh, July 16th or 18th, one of those two. So that's right around the corner. All that being said, though, Jason, you've been digging into this whole merger thing with Xbox and it's Activision, right? Activision Blizzard? No, and the FTC trying to block that acquisition. Uh, so several things have come out from the hearing, uh, which is this is precluding the, the FTC's actual uh, judgment on the acquisition, right? So they took it to a federal judge to try to stop the merger until they can reach their decision in August. The merger is currently set to end by July 16th, which Xbox is pushing to pushing judge to rule on the case so that they can complete their merger. Um, and basically a bunch of different things of, uh, have come out that uh, kind of look like they lean things in in Microsoft's favor from how um, play how Sony had worked out exclusivity deals for a bunch of different titles, including um, you know Call of Duty, Sony having exclusivity rights to several of those titles for one year before before uh, a lot of the content would make it to Xbox. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, 
the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, being completely exclusive to Microsoft. Uh, and there were rumors before the Microsoft Blizzard Activision uh, deal was announced that Sony was vying to make uh, Starfield a an exclusive PlayStation title. Um, and that's when uh, Microsoft uh, announced the uh, Zenimax buyout. Hmm. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Um, uh, so the... Uh, yeah, and they did that simply to to try to keep some market share because uh, Sony, I mean, in some cases was way overpaying for exclusivity rights to games to keep them uh, keep them on their platform only. Uh, so Microsoft saw buying Zenimax as one of their primary ways to survive, and they're seeing the same thing with. Activision Blizzard with uh, uh, with a lot of those tile titles having a lot of exclusivity rights to Sony. Now the uh, and they've said uh, openly in the deal um, that they wouldn't, you know, take Call of Duty away from multi-platform access. Which I mean makes sense. It would be stupid for them to do so. And there were even emails from the head of Sony uh, that came out uh, specifically for the case that revealed he wasn't worried about Microsoft trying to make Call of Duty exclusive to only Xbox. It wouldn't make well, business sense. I'd heard that there was a million people that only play Call of Duty on PlayStation. And that was one of the reasons why this was such a big deal is because there's so many people that just PlayStation only, only play Call of Duty, which that doesn't surprise me, right? There's a handful of bros out there that just live and breathe Call of Duty and have been for 20 years, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. And they moved exclusively to PlayStations, you know, back in the middle of, uh, of the last gym because so much of that um, extra content, et cetera, had become PlayStation exclusive, right? Right. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a bunch of PlayStation's market that are total Call of Duty bros. Um, but they're, uh, everything show basically a bunch of these emails from Sony, from PlayStation CEO just was showing that, yeah, I'm not worried about it becoming exclusive, but that's that's the entire hinge of the FTCs and Sony's case is that Microsoft would make Call of Duty an Xbox exclusive, which, if anybody thinks about it, would totally ruin their stakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it would ruin the game's profitability if they did. Um, and... Likewise, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they do end up releasing Starfield to to other consoles later on, but it will certainly start out as an exclusive. You it's know, once like, word of mouth about how good it is gets out, I see them expanding that. Um, I mean, they eventually expanded um, 
uh, Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 to other consoles too. So it's not like it's not like they'll keep it exclusive long term. I just don't see that making much business sense. Well, and it's ignorant of me. That there's a, a everybody's in different places in life, right? Like there's us who PC game and console game, right? But there's quite a few people that can only do one or the other, you know. Um, and so I I think the exclusivity thing still kind of bugs me. Like it's the whole reason I have a PS5 is for the exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. Or stuff like I didn't want to wait a year to play this Final Fantasy game. I don't, you know, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, the remaster is still not out on PC and it's been on PS5 now for like, what, three years or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of stuff I want to be able to play um, on top of PC gaming, right? But I do wish the exclusivity thing was just not a thing. Um, fortunately enough for all of us, like the you don't, everything that's exclusive to Xbox is now on PC and all of us have PC Game Pass. So like, don't really have to buy that console, but you do have the alternative to that, right? Like if it was going to be an Xbox exclusive, you can get the, what is it, the Series X or whatever that's, you know, more than competent to play most games, even though it doesn't do them as well as the PC. Right. It's, it's the only reason why I picked up a PlayStation 5 instead of getting the Xboxes. Just that I can play most of the games that come out for, for Xbox are going to be, you know, day one, you know, Game Pass exclusives for PC as well. So uh, it, there was no reason for me to pick up the, uh, you know, the the Series X. Uh, PlayStation 5, I mean, yeah, I I, uh, I want to play some of those games. Like, you know, Final Fantasy was one of them. Um, you know, and that's, it, it just, I, I, there isn't a day that goes by that it's like, man, I wish I could play this game on PC because even even Final Fantasy 16, for instance, um, I'm playing that game and the game looks great. Like I have it set to uh, performance or uh, or uh, frame rate mode. I do too because is, I couldn't take the low frame rate. <laughs> right, but even in frame rate mode, it looks good. You know, it's still not as good as my PC. You know, my PC is you know, is yeah yeah. I spent a lot of fucking money on my PC. I want to use it, and every time I look at a console game that's supposed to be like optimized for the console and it's struggling, I just know that if I drop that on my PC hardware, it would be working fine, provided that it was ported properly. Yeah. Um, but just looking at you, Star Wars, <laughs> right? But you know, it, it frustrates me that I've got a machine, you know, I got a machine that could run this at the frame rate that I want it to run. But, you know, I have to use this hardware that is struggling to run it. it so uh, I've got a frame rate counter on, you know, my TV. Mm-hmm. And it runs anywhere in performance mode between 30 and about 55 FPS. Right. And, and, on, and on the uh, whatever the mode is for, you know, the graphics mode or whatever, like it barely ever gets above 30. Right. Um, which and, is the whole reason I'm not, I can't deal with that after playing everything at 90 plus FPS now for over a year. Right. Right. And then, and yeah, kind of like frame rate snobbish, but also, um, you notice it. You just notice it and it's, and it's jarring. You know, going from game to game, for instance, like fucking, 
uh, playing, uh, you know, Ratchet and Clank. Great frame rate. Perfect. Like, barely any stuttering whatsoever. Game is smooth as butter. Go to Final Fantasy 16, you know, it's it a great looking fucking game. Struggles to keep 30, you know? Uh, if I was to drop both of those things on PC, again, provided that they're uh, ported properly, and Ratchet and Clank will be coming to PC very soon, um, you'll be able, you know, you could be able to set it to beautiful and just, let, you know, let it go, as the people who do enthusiast builds do that. I, I want to be able to play the game and not have to deal with what hardware that game is going to. Right. Because... When I look at it, you know, look at it from a gamer standpoint, and I know this is the argument that you were kind of going towards is I don't care as long as I can play the game. I don't want to, I don't want to have to be pigeonholed into, I got to play this game on this hardware. Or I got to play this game on that hardware, or I got to play this game with this group of friends because my other group of friends doesn't have this hardware, which I is just want to play the game. That is one nice thing, going back to Diablo again, winning again. You can play cross-play with PS5 and Xbox with PC. Right. Which is like, amazing, and it actually which works. Which is exactly what Xbox has been pushing, and it's fucking great for the industry. I don't care what platform you're on. No, right. Being able to play your game with your friends, no matter what they're on, is a great thing. Yeah, right. and it's it works really well, too. Like, me and... Me and John and Jason were all playing at the same time. John's on Xbox hardware. I'm on PC, and Jason's on PC. And I've done cross-play with other people um, on PS5 as well. Like, it it just runs. And it just which, works. It just yeah. works. And then we just, you know, the people of the console people, if you're on Xbox, you have to do Discord on your phone, apparently. But sitting on Discord while we do the game is still pretty, pretty, pretty tight. Right. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it just needs to happen, and all of this, all of this fucking like back and forth corporate bullshit that's happening, you know, you know, is it's secondary. Like, uh, you know, you know, honestly, from a business standpoint, if you're into the business side of things, yeah, you're probably gonna you know be watching this like a hawk. But if you just break it down to just a you know being a normal gamer. Just a normal dude sitting there on your couch with a fucking controller wanting to play the latest fucking game. Or sitting at your keyboard and mouse and just going, hey, I want to play this, you know, this game. I heard it was fucking tight. You know, I don't care about the politics behind it all. I don't care about the fucking mechanics of a goddamn corporation behind it all. I want the experience. Right? I, I, what I want is entertainment. I don't want all of the bullshit that goes behind it. So gamers just want a I'm, game. The gamers just want a game and that's and that's you know when it comes down to you know and yeah. if I want a game with my buds, you know, I don't want to have to you know jump through all the fucking hoops to me it'll make that happen. I just want to load the game up, be like, "Hey, get on Discord and fucking like go kill shit." And speaking of gamers just want a game, gamers also just want a fucking mod. And yeah. that's exactly what Bethesda is talking about with Starfield. Um, they've already said that uh, once the game launches, uh, they not only will have full modding tools out there um, 
similar to what they did with Fallout 4, but they plan on actively uh, working with some of the biggest modders to uh, to make sure that the that mods go down without a hitch. Just as long Which as they don't fucking, fucking make cool. up. Just as long as they don't make a fucking storefront for the fucking mods. That was the stupidest damn thing they could have come up with. Ah, uh, fuck. But all oh, paid mods. Remember that shit? I do. I do. They dropped it pretty quickly, though. I mean, they realized it was a mistake. Duh. Why <laughs> would I pay for it when I can just go to a website and get it free? <laughs> well, speaking of stuff wow. that's free, um, is a bad segue. A um, couple of free games that I highly recommend. So on July's Games with Gold, I don't care. I don't know what when the past was around, but Darkwood is on Games for Gold for Xbox. Highly recommended if you've never. It's a top-down horror game. One of the best. And then a game that I was actually talking about a couple weeks ago when we were going through the Summer Games Fest. Um, the Dungeon of Nahubek, or whatever it is, Amulet of Chaos, is free on Epic Game Store. Highly recommend. It is a uh, party-based, turn-based RPG that plays a lot of jokes on. Think So if, do you remember that uh, Bard's Tale game that was like a, an action RPG a million years ago on like PlayStation 2? Long fucking time ago, maybe? Yeah. That has a had a lot of jokes in the game that were kind of playing on D and D tropes. Mm. It's it's written in a similar style to that. It feels like In Exile wrote this game. Um, it it isn't, but it has a very similar style to that. And it's the only game I can think of that's kind of like that. And it's free on Epic Game Store right now. So hopefully by the time I post this, this will still be free. Um, but yeah, go get that on game, Epic Game Store. It's pretty cool. Okay, cool. And Darkwood. If you haven't played Darkwood, that's an experience. It's a legitimate. Legitimately scary game, and it's like old ass graphics. It's legitimately creepy as fuck. Yeah, uh, um, I didn't think I'd get into it. I got into it, and I'll tell you what, you know, my dude's intense. yeah, hiding in a fucking corner of a you know of a house, and shit's trying to bust in, and not a fucking. It's it it's it is gets it gets intense pretty quick. It's survival. Plus horror, if that makes sense. It's a survival game plus a horror game, and you do not want to be out at night, and it does force you out of your comfort zone to progress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, an, it's a super intense game, and the audio design in it is amazing. Um, super underrated. It's also on Switch, I found out. I was telling Dave about it, our, our DM. But mm-hmm. anywho, I don't have anything else. Jason, do you have anything else? No. That's yeah. it. All right. Well, where do you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TiltCast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. you got For the Love of Gaming. You've got NoQuarters.net, Picking Up the Pixels or PupCast with Musum, um, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. They also cover these big game events. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.